0: Turn up the heat this summer, get propane delivery straight to your door with Cinch, C-Y-N-C-H. It's easy and convenient to order, and Cinch brings the tanks to your home on your schedule. Just go to Cinch.com, that's C-Y-N-C-H.com, select your delivery date and drop off location, and Cinch handles the rest. Now, new customers can get their first propane tank exchange for just $10 when they use promo code TANK. 10 at checkout cinch propane grow tank home delivery limited time offer restrictions apply visit cynch.com slash offer for details
1: from earaches to strep tests there's MinuteClinic at cvs see a provider fill a prescription and grab essentials or see us online with telehealth options that's healthier made easier visit MinuteClinic at cvs today services vary by location see minuteclinic.com for details
2: hi this is marlene with miami ghost chronicles And i want to welcome you to another episode of stories of the supernatural whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released links to videos or mp3 files can be found on miamighostchronicles.com or go to marlenepardo.com for information on new book releases i narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for Scary Storytelling, Nightshade Diary for Classic Horror and Adventure Stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing today? Good, I hope. And here I am for my second show of 2021, and back here, as you can see, is Scooby-Doo. Because I still haven't put up any decorations behind me, because I'm still like, you can't see the rest of my office, but I still got um, boxes and... It's like, yeah, uh huh. So, here's that's my decoration, my Scooby Doo. Because, of course, like I said, all lovers of the paranormal were all fans of Scooby Doo. Whether it was from originally, like me, from the original uh, onset of Scooby Doo into later years. But anyway, let's get into the good part, which is who I have as a guest tonight. And this lady has been here before. She is a number one amazon best-selling author researcher her name is l sydney fisher and uh for those of you who didn't hear the first interview let me tell you a little bit about her Uh, she first developed a love of reading during her childhood years she spent many weekends and summer vacations at the local library where she would often sit on the floor of the children's section and thumb through dozens of books trying to decide which one she wanted to take home And believe me, I know exactly because I would do the same thing. Yes, I I, I get it. It's like, yeah. Uh, This love affair with reading and her insatiable desire for knowledge launched the curiosity into the supernatural and unexplained world of discovery that ultimately spawned the birth of Al Sydney Fisher, the writer. She wrote her first novella by the age of 15. Her creative pursuits continued in high school, where she was active in theater and dance, and awarded the Best Lead Actress Award during her senior year. She first entered college as a theater journalism major, but later changed her course of study. At the age of 18, Sydney was stricken with a chronic illness and life circumstances that forced her to change her pursuit of the stage, but her love of writing never faded. Her family's roots are deep in northeast Mississippi, but she also spent time as a child in Missouri and Tennessee. She was born to Landon and Nettie Jean in Memphis, Tennessee, where her father was an accountant and her mother was a registered nurse. At the age of four, she moved from the Missouri Boot Hills to North Mississippi after her parents separated. Years later, she earned a Bachelor of English from the University of Mississippi and a Master's in Higher Adult Education from the University of Missouri. Al Sidney has been inspired by the writings of famous authors Stephen King, James Patterson, Dean Kuntz, Anne Rule, Mary Higgins Clark, and Agatha Christie. Sydney's true hauntings and paranormal books will always contain some element of truth, so be observant. She's fascinated with the paranormal, has done extensive paranormal research for over 20 years. She calls herself a literary Indiana Jones. I love that. Sydney lives on a haunted landscape with the spirit of a white wolf and at least one ghost that shares what was once a Native American village in northeast Mississippi. When she isn't writing, she's researching supernatural mysteries or another haunted location and its history. She's a proud mom of two children and a golden retriever mixed named Willy Wonka, who has no idea that he's really a dog. You know what, Sydney? I've got nine little dogs just like that, that they, not only do they not know that they're dogs, they, or every once in a while, they think they're big dogs. But anyway, how are you doing today, Sydney?
1: (laughs) Hey there, Marlene. It's so good to be back with you. It's been a while. So I'm glad to be back with you and glad that you've gotten settled in your new home.
2: Yes, yes, it's like, like I said. Thank God this camera only shows behind me, and it doesn't pan out to show the rest of my office that I still got boxes stacked against the wall that I have to go through. Um, so, you've um, you have a whole series of books uh, with a paranormal theme, um, and I know I know based on our last conversation. That is true. You always have more than just an element of truth in your stories. Is that right?
1: It is. And, you know, um, the last time we talked, the last time we spoke, it seems like to me that we talked about the devil's board. Yes, that that had
2: just been released.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. So I remember us talking about that. Now, since that time I have worked on, and goodness, I looked back on this and I thought, I can't believe I spent four years on this series but it ended up being that way and i tell you i was i was kind of uh you know sometimes you get to the point where you're like i've got to close this chapter and move on because the muse is whispering in my ear and there's so many other projects i need to be working on but the haunted series um is uh it's a four book series basically uh on some of the most haunted locations across the south Most of them in Mississippi um, just because I did a bunch of paranormal investigations Mm -hmm. during that time and actually recruited a team of paranormal investigators. So it was really interesting when I got involved in that project, um, I actually was thinking, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to do some paranormal investigations at some places and this is probably going to give me some ideas for some really good stories that need to be told. And it turned into year after year after year, and it turned into me uh, forming a group called the uh, PARA. Uh, It's called Paranormal and Anomaly Research Alliance, and it's a group of people that actually have more investigative experience than I do uh, because that's primarily what they've done all their lives. It's interesting because I've been the writer and the researcher which is someone, you know, sitting behind a desk and doing lots of research that way and occasionally going out and and, uh, researching uh, haunted locations and things. But these people have done actual paranormal investigations, some of them for 30 years. That's a lot of uh, of
2: investigating right there. A lot. That's
1: a lot of investigating, and it's really cool because they're all... um, uh, they're all in path. One of them is a clairvoyant like myself. And uh, she and I started actually just uh, when we met, I met her at a, at a book signing. And we just gradually became friends. And um, she would go with me sometimes when I was researching a, a place or something for a, a new book project. But it, it just turned into uh, a four year thing there. And I just finished that uh, a year or so ago. Now, of course, uh, you and I had spoken for a minute before. And I told yes. you now during 2020, during COVID, it was just a, it was a year that was just, I uh, couldn't find any inspiration. I just was, everybody was too, or we were all so worried about what is going to happen. But Exactly. But the new projects that are going on now, uh, one of them is called, uh, the one I'm working on right now, it is being written for uh, a traditional publication. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
1: So it may be a little while before that book actually hits the press. But it is uh, called Followed Out of the Light. It's a book that I have been um, dancing around the notion of writing it for a long time. And then finally just decided uh, that I needed to do that. It's kind of a memoir, but it takes you from um, how from the beginning of how this all started for me through a near-death experience that I had at the age of 15. And then it uh, highlights how this has come to where we are today and how those uh, gifts, what changed for me, Even from being born as an empath and not knowing what an empath was, you know, when you're eight years old, you don't know what the term empath means. Right. So, in other words, what you're
2: saying is, prior to that near-death experience, you were you already were sensitive.
1: Was already sensitive. Yes. Okay. But then after that happened lots of things changed and that's where that kicks in and, and, and I lead um, you through that in that story so it's going to be uh, a long it'll be a long book uh, but it should be an, an engaging read uh, the entire time uh, and uh, so it, it's very interesting so far um, and uh, in fact, I'm in uh, the chapter now about the near-death experience and, and when that happened. And, But, you know, it's so funny when I look back, at when I got to started doing some of that research and I started okay. making notes, you know, um, I wrote down how, all the places that I'd lived. You know, I, I, I asked myself, how many haunted houses have you ever lived in? And I sat down and I, I bet I came up with... I don't know, seven or eight,
3: and I just thought,
1: I just thought, oh my gosh, and so then I started thinking, so where have you lived that wasn't haunted? and luckily, uh, I was able to think of, of some places and things that I had moved, you know, during the course of my younger years and stuff where there was no activity. Really? But what is so fascinating about this is that you learn things about yourself and from the very beginning, from the age of four, I looked back and realized when these experiences actually first started happening. And, okay. and you know, and even the opening line whenever I said, you know, at that age, you know, I was not conditioned to believe that it wasn't possible you know, that, that you could sense spirits. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I didn't tell anybody that I could either because that's not you and I both know that. Yes. That's just not information that you share. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, some
2: some children are oblivious to it, but other children know that I'm going to be the odd person out in this or your family. It depends. Sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's family, or you're just like, you know, I'm just not going to talk about this.
1: True. And so that was what was so interesting. And that's kind of some of the writing that I got into and some of the, the, the chapters and things that I've been that I've been working on. You know, and I tell that, you know, I remember even as a, as a kid uh, growing up in this little neighborhood, there were, there were some kids, you know, I guess it's like adults, but some kids are like, oh, yeah, wow. I mean, they embrace the idea. Mm -hmm. of it as a possibility and then you'll have other children that will maybe not and maybe they'll uh, make fun or or whatever but nine times out of ten it's because somebody's told them it's not possible or some sort of you know it's it's based on the environment that they live in uh, you know what they've been taught and that kind of thing but um, but has definitely been an eye-opening Uh, experience writing this book, and there's two more books to follow. Um, Those working, yeah, those working titles are uh, Becoming Immortal, and then the second one is, or the third one is The Land of the Living. So those will be be non-fiction. And, you know, you asked me in the beginning, you said, you know, you made the point, you said, you know, a lot of what you write is based on true experience. Mm -hmm. And that's right, up to this point, up to where we are now, most of the, the, the 14 or 15 published books that I have out there have, uh, have been based on um, true stories. Okay. Um, I would like to get into some fictional work based on some locations, maybe mm-hmm. with true settings.
3: Right.
1: Um, so there'll be an element of truth in those stories, but I want to be able to do, you have more freedom when you can do a little bit of fiction. Sure. So it just gives you a little more freedom. So I'm still going to stay true for future projects, true to uh, a backstory, but I may um, use that um, creative nonfiction, um, you know, rule there to where it allows you to do just a little bit more, like the Mothman prophecy. Remember the movie?
2: Yes, of course.
1: Love the Mothman prophecies. And it was totally based on, you know, with Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, uh, and Laura Leaning. It was based on the story that happened. Uh, it wasn't at Mount, Point, uh, Mount Pleasant uh, or Point Pleasant, Virginia. Right, because there's right, I, think-
2: I, I went there. It's right across the, the, like, the river divides it from Ohio. It's like, it's right, like, you can just, like, it's right there. Yes and uh
1: i have not been there you have visited there how
2: was it it's really you know it's really a small town it really is a small town in the square you know they have that now they have that i don't know i'm sure you've seen it that mothman statue that silvery mothman statue uh yeah but the, the 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 town does it has history to it it wasn't like a recent it's been there for quite a while because of course it's right on the banks of the river you know and of course that yeah. long bridge which is the one that collapsed um yep. you know any you know any town or city or whatever that's on a river on a main thoroughfare it's always gonna it's it's got a history to it uh but that's, no it's a very true. small school when i was there it was a little a few, couple of years ago um uh, it doesn't look like it's really gotten any bigger i want to say then back when that took place when that original
1: is it there it is it's on my list to go and visit. I just want to go there and pick up the vibe um, of the town. You know, um, you know, I love going to places, even though sometimes, like I had told you before, um, sometimes I go into places that are uh, haunted and, you know, I start hearing the spirits. Talk. Sometimes they decide to talk and I'm like, do we really have to do this today? You know, I just want an off day. And um, other times, though, I, I enjoy going places so that I can pick up a vibe and um, and see what I can actually hear. Um, it's always, it's, it's really, really, really fascinating. Well, to me, um, as when something
2: I, like that, I'm thinking that also a lot of people that were there around the that major event, they're getting older. Some of them have died, you know, as far as being able to interview right. any, like the right. first-hand, first-hand people. Uh, yeah. It's like they're they're becoming scarcer and scarcer because this happened, you know that the ones that had those first oh, yeah. sightings of Mothman this was previous to the collapse of the bridge, you know the ones that yeah. said that they yeah. would see this thing and they were wigged out like what is this?
1: Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But the way that they took that movie and oh, I still yeah. watch that movie because I just loved it, you know. The way that they took the movie, that they, they inserted a little bit of fiction there for mm-hmm. us to dramatize it to make it, you oh, know, yeah. entertaining. The reporter Richard Deere the, is
2: that reporter, is that uh, skeptical
1: reporter who was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the way that my that my writing will will kind of shift, and they move into more uh, a little bit more of some fictional elements in it just to. Uh, to make it uh, a little more, you know, to make it more dramatic. Uh, you know, it, it allows you that creative uh, license to do that a little bit whenever you, you, you know, you get oh, sure. into your working on certain book projects. But, you know, The the Haunting of Natalie Bradford, which was my very first uh, debut novel, I mean, 95% of that book is word for word as it happened. Wow. 95% of it. And so, you know, um, that is an incredible story. I've always said that that particular book, um, it, it has not it made it to the big screen. But I am telling you, it, 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 regardless of who wrote it, even if it wasn't me that wrote it, it was somebody else. It, 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 you know, I've always said that is such an incredible story because, it's got all the elements of, of just a really good uh, major motion picture. You know, it's got the murder mm-hmm. trial and the haunting and the, all of these things going on. But it's an incredible, it, it's an amazing story. And um, it was written 95% word for word as it happened. And then, of course, uh, The Devil's Board is at least 80% uh, word was... for word. as. Oh, yeah. And, we talked and, about
2: you know, that was fascinating when, you know, what you were saying about, yeah, that so much of it was based on uh, on real events.
1: And, you know, you think, and it's so funny whenever I hear people, a lot of people have different opinions about Ouija boards mm-hmm. and about whether or not you should play with them and, and you know, this. Uh, my personal experience with Ouija boards has not been positive. So, even though there are some people that say, this, look, this is just a tool, it's just a divination tool, it's your subconscious moving the planchette, um, you know, I understand. But on the other hand, I promise you, I have seen some things years ago that make me doubt that. And I yes. just don't sit down with the Ouija board. I don't do it. Well. Um,
2: yeah. I, 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 I don't just... know if you've, if, if you're familiar with art bell, you know, the, that he had that coast to coast, that AM show, which he started back in the nineties and yeah. talk about paranoia. Yep. And you know, of course he passed yep. away, I think it was 2018. And, uh, and, and every once in a while I still hear the the recordings of his old shows because fascinating. The people calling in, especially with their stories. And you know, every once in a while that, that subject of the Ouija boards comes up and so far I haven't found the one interview or the one conversation, but he would always say he had a really horrible experience with a Ouija board because people would talk, oh, we did that. And he's like, well, I don't really want to talk about this, but I had, it was something that you could tell scared him a lot. And he says, never yeah. again would he have anything to do with yeah. Ouija boards. Uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly what the experience was. And I don't know if he ever talked about it on air, but you could tell this man was profoundly like, Okay, you can talk about it but my advice to you is stay away from it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's my advice as well. I mean there's I mean but you know, if people just um you know, want to, to let's say ghost hunt or do paranormal investigations and they wanna they wanna see for themselves, you know, what this is like. You can do that on your own.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I suggest going with the group and, and of course getting some um, ghost hunting equipment and things, of course, you know, it, it's all available now. I mean, gosh, you can right. order almost anything that you want and that kind of thing. But there are ways that you can collect evidence and you can come to your own conclusions. There have been times when we have gone into places to where there was little activity and I was just kind of getting bored. And
0: We did it again.
2: Just hearing the word cancer can be frightening. At Kaiser Permanente, we're a leader in the prevention, early detection, and treatment of cancer. We keep track of your cancer screenings and remind you when it's time for the next one. And if you ever do hear that word, our teams of specialists use cutting-edge treatments to help make other words like hope, recovery, and cancer-free possible. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's health today. Learn more at kp.org thrive.
0: Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852.
1: Been there, but most of the time uh, there there is usually some activity. Um, we have been to some places that was just so, it was so heavy, it, it, it took me three days to get over it. Uh, and I'm not even kidding. The group, we have gone to some places that were so, and I call it infested, um, so infested with haunting, with multiple uh, spiritual you know energy there that literally when we left and of course we sage and we we say our prayers and we do different things of course to cleanse um but it took we were just wiped out it took me three days and all I wanted to do was sleep Sleep, well I was going to ask you of
2: all your experiences which has been the one that's affected you the most profoundly
1: well uh let's see a ghost of ghosting yeah
2: paranormal and by this it doesn't necessarily have to be fear but of no I've, unfortunately fear does profound things to us that after you were involved with it you were like either you you wish you hadn't done it or you were like wow like yeah. exactly like what you said but- days had to go by before you could like
1: say okay, yeah I'm, I'm okay that that is so scary when when you have that when you say to yourself i wish i had not come here that's scary yes. um i will tell you that i had uh, i had uh, a, an unusual experience when i went uh I, we have been doing a little bit of investigating or researching the bell witch hunting now mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever heard of the bell witch hunting yes i have um Okay, so the Bell Witch Haunting is one of the oldest American ghost stories. It uh, mm-hmm. started in Adams, Tennessee, which is about 45 minutes north of Nashville. Okay, okay, so you can go up and actually you can tour the cave and you can tour the land and that kind of thing where this happened back in the uh, mid early 1800s. Um, but anyhow, uh, I went up, and of course, I have been, I've read about this since I was a kid. I've, I've been interested in it, but at the same time, terrified. So sometimes what I'll do is challenge myself, <laughs> and like, okay. like, the time I made, like the time I made myself watch The Exorcist, because it is terrible. Oh my God, let me tell you something. Like for brilliant. so
2: many that, that, years, that, that, I know. Let me tell you something. That, I saw that, but I tell everybody, I said before, I, I went behind my mother's back when I was 13, to see that movie talk about you know that thing what I just said like why did I come yeah yeah that was
1: that I had that so, moment so I just so I decided you know to ch- I wanted to go see I mean I heard you know, you can drive up to Adams Tennessee 45 minutes up north of Nashville and go to the. They, they get hundreds of visitors thousands a year you know that come and and, and tour the, the cave and whatnot and so I decided to drive up and and went up and toured it stuff and and there, in my opinion, there was definitely um, a creepy, creepy energy still to the place. It felt mm. like it felt like a residual energy. It's almost okay. like um, it, it didn't feel like it was something that was happening right at the moment. But the scary thing about it was, is that it was. It, it was like a seesaw back and forth. It, it, okay. That's what the energy reminded me of. It made me, I felt like that if, if the tide turned a certain way or somebody did the wrong thing or conjured or whatever, that mm-hmm. this could be revived, you know? And so, anyhow, um, we decided to do a little research, and I found out, of course, that the victim of the Bell Witch Betsy Bell, Mm -hmm. She and her family, later on after her father had died, they moved and when they left Tennessee, they came to Mississippi, where I am. They came to Mississippi and not only did they come to Mississippi, they came within about 50 miles of where I currently live. So. Yes, and so she is yes, this is what was so interesting they they uh, they left that area and they migrated to uh it's called gallbus Gallobuser county. so I, of course, I know that area very well, and but I've never found her grave and you know I've always been so curious about this so we decided to go on a little uh, you know little uh outing one day and we went uh, and uh, found her grave and Uh, It was very nice, and and we left a little change there and uh, just visited for a moment and left and whatnot. But one of our members got home and um, had um, an attack, was attacked. Uh, She was resting in her bed. She likes to read at night like I do. Um, She wasn't feeling really good the day that we went. She had been just a little bit, had a little cold or whatever, you know. And so she wasn't feeling her best. W- w- when you even-
2: went, ex- let me interrupt you real quick. Wait, w- you went. In other words, where they moved to is like a place that you can go visit. Where the family moved to?
1: Yeah, the oh, graveyard. The graveyard. Oh, the
2: graveyard. Okay. Yeah. They what they the they lived way. there so long that they actually ended up being buried there. Then
1: they were. In, they ended up being there. Many of them. Her, her oh. son. Her, her daughter-in-law. Oh, yeah. So. So anyway, um, it, it was just terrible because even when we were standing there before, you know, when I told Lisa, I said, I should have said something to you. When I turned around and looked at you, um, I, she just had this look on her face that she wasn't feeling well. And we were kind of packing up at that point, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of activity. We we were collecting a lot of activity. The EMF recorder was absolute or The EMS meter was absolutely going bananas, and I told her, I said, "There's definitely something really, really strong here." You know, of course, we were asking questions about the Bell Witch, honey. But anyway, um, we left, and then later that night, she she called me, and she or the next day, she called me, and she said, "I just want to talk to you. I want to tell you what happened." And she said, I don't think that I can go back there, even if we do more research. I said, what is going on? She said, I laid down in the bed, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And I said, I am so sorry because I should have said to you, maybe you need to get back in the car. I wish I had told you to get back in the car because you didn't look like you felt well. And I was afraid that you would get an attachment. Well, she said, whatever was there, follow this home. And she said, when I lay down in my bed, I'm not kidding you. She said, I was reading a book just like I always do. And she said, I felt the covers pull down off my feet. And she said, I looked up and she said, I literally could see the indention on the bed of the, the comforter being pressed down. And she said, I could feel this. She said, I jumped up off that bed and started screaming my head off. And she said, my son and, yeah, she said, my son and my husband came running in there going, what in the world? She said, "Sydney, she said, I went and got the stage, and I staged the living hell out of that room. And she said, I I said, whatever is here that followed me, you, you cannot stay. And she said, but I'm telling you that that was frightening to me. Because I saw it with my own eyes, and uh, she says it's just coincidental or not that we were at that graveyard, and there we were asking all, doing a little bit of investigating, and she said, and I've been under the weather, so I was vulnerable to spiritual attack. Yeah,
2: I was about to ask you that. that. I was going to say, do you think she got targeted because she was feeling under the weather, or was she targeted for another reason?
1: We feel like that she was the weakest link among the group Yeah. Okay. on that day. We just feel like that she was the weakest link among the group, and even she said it herself that she felt like she was the weakest link among the group that day because she had not been feeling very good, very tired. Uh, she'd been working long hours and stuff. And she said, you know, she said, I just think that I was the weakest link.
2: You know what? It's so funny and because I've been doing, re- I, I was doing paranormal research since the nineties and many times, you know, and this is, you learn as you go along, exactly like what you described. And I learned it for myself personally. When you feel under the weather, you don't go on paranormal. Don't go. Don't even even, yeah. even on a cemetery run, what I call like a just to not even like let's say technically going to somebody's house who you think even going to a cemetery, it's not a good idea. Yeah, and people don't. No. People have a hard time understanding that. And exactly the words you used, Sydney. You become the weakest link, and you can basically you kind of in a way a, a kind of a little bit of a liability to your team, especially if you're going yeah. somewhere. Uh, and, and some of those things can actually turn into full-fledged attachments, by the way.
1: They can. Luckily, and she, she knew what to do. she felt that way, too. She felt that way, too. And bless her heart, she even said, she said, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I I should have stayed at home. I wanted so bad to go with yes. you all. I wanted to be yes. there. And she said, I just was, she said, I was just tired. She said, I've been working so yes. many long hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a little cold. And she said, my body, I was just one down. Yes. And I said, well, I said, I hate that. I I said, when the the EMF meter, I I am not kidding you. And we had the camera set up and we were getting recordings uh, and it was just absolutely insane if you could have seen what all we were catching. Um, And so I I told her, I said, you know, Lisa, I remember turning around and looking at you and, and I thought to myself. You look so tired. Maybe you should get in the car because this is not good.
3: Yeah.
1: Literally, it was so strong, Marlene, yes. that you could feel the energy of this spirit standing in front of you. That I've never had. Now, we've been in lots of haunted locations. Take the EMF meter, and, you know, it'll bump up, or, you know, four or five mm-hmm. this thing This thing was off the charts. I mean, all bars, steady burn, wasn't moving, you could feel it, literally. And it felt almost as if it was swirling around. And we didn't stay long after that, because I I told them, I said, I've never seen, I've only seen this happen one other time. Mm -hmm. And I said, there was no doubt about it. And I said, I think it's time for us to go. Was it an
3: an older
2: cemetery? Sydney, was it like one yeah. of those older ones that yeah. they're not having? I tell everybody, and that's another thing. People don't realize, especially when these older cemeteries that, you know, sometimes are kind of deserted. There's a lot of people that go in there to do conjurings, and they leave things yeah. behind there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's and they buy yeah. things. They First of all, they get rid of spell work and ritual items there. There's other stuff that requires it to be done in a cemetery, and others do bind things that they've conjured inside the cemetery not to follow them but they're in there okay it's not only the, in other words it's not only just the dead that have been buried there it's people that go yeah. in there afterwards they, they, there's some other stuff that goes up inside of those you know and the reason why i say this is because i've had conversations where people go oh, let's go to the cemetery you know especially you know younger kids sometimes or other people or even some paranormal groups and it's like that's great if you really understand what you might come across is not just the people that are buried there. As Correct. Far as, and that's why right. I was, and, 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 and by this I mean that, you know, you could run across some non-human entities.
1: Yeah. And, and see, it. that's what I was starting to feel like. Oh, okay, the, the, the there you go. This, yeah. So yes. the strength of this thing, whatever this was that was making the CMS meter absolutely go bananas. Mm-hmm. I, I started to get really uncomfortable. We okay. weren't there very much longer when I turned around and looked at her, and I did tell her, at the dog we need to pack. It's time to pack up. This is just crazy. Yes. So we went ahead and left. But I even mentioned, and we have it on uh, the reporter, I said, I am starting to not feel good about this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like that this is a human spirit. I feel like mm-hmm. that this may be non-human. Yes. And I said, so before somebody gets pinched, pushed, slapped or whatever, let's go ahead and pack up. And we, we got enough car and we left, but yeah. that's what happened to her when she got home. When she got home, she laid down in the bed and was reading her uh, book, and uh, she said, I swear to God, it jerked the, the comforter down, and when I looked up, I saw the invention as it was like moving from the end of the bed, and it had the... the the comforter literally was, you know, going down. It was yeah. pressing down wow. as if something was getting climbing onto the bed. And she said, "That's when I got up screaming." I mean, and I mean, uh, that,
2: that that right there just made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. That thing about
1: oh yeah, that yeah, was, that, that got too.
2: very physical very quickly. By the way,
1: oh so. absolutely, and she she recognized it. Of course, now that's coming from an investigator in our group who has the most paranormal investigative experience of mm-hmm. any of us. She's been doing yeah. it for over thirty years. Right. So for her to rate, you know, I don't doubt what she said because mm-hmm. she's done it for so long and she, she's been witness to so many things. Um, but it, it, that was incredible.
2: Well at least was, she knew what I was, to do though that she saged right away. That was a good she part.
1: Knew exa- yep, she knew exactly what to do and um You know, when you ask me what what has been your scariest or your most memorable, I sit here and I think about so many different ones because it's literally been a lifetime of these experiences. And probably the most transformational uh, spiritual experience I've ever had, of course, was a near-death experience. Where I literally, uh, you know, left my body and traveled into the light. I mean, it doesn't get any more, any bigger than that. Um, So for me personally, that's the the biggest, most transformational experience. But as far as ghosts and scary stuff, oh my goodness, there's so many different ones. And the one that I just described to you that had to do with the Bell Witch research, that's been a more recent one. That's been a more recent one.
2: But I had no idea what you said, that that family moved away to Mississippi. Because you know what? You're right. Whenever they do any story on the Bell Witch, they just talk about Tennessee, the Bell Witch, what occurred to the family there. They never go beyond what happened to the family uh, afterwards.
1: Yeah, to what happened to her. So what happened to her? That's right. But it started in Adams, Tennessee. That's where it started. Right there. It's right on the, the line with Kentucky. Uh, beautiful scenery. It's so pretty um, to drive up that area. But um, that's where the, the it actually happened, and it terrorized that family for a long time. Um, but after her father died, and, you know, the story goes that the witch killed her dad. Right. Um, killed her father. You know, that's the story. Well, after he died, she was a young woman, and uh, things kind of quietened down a little bit for a brief time. But they left the area, and she left, uh, I believe, with her son and her daughter-in-law. And, uh, you know, it's funny. She lived to be in her 80s. Really? And uh, when she when she moved to Mississippi, from what I have been told and from what I have found out, the research, she never liked to talk about that. Mm-hmm. She did not want to. She tried to... Um, she tried to get away from it she never wanted to I mean it was a horrific time of her life so you can understand that she when she gets away from Tennessee and all of the bad memory she probably doesn't want to, to discuss it right. you know of course. um but uh, you know and there's a lot of theories about what actually happened yeah right. well you know it,
2: because at the beginning you're thinking of it's that typical poltergeist activity that they you know you see sometimes when you have adolescents in the house but then that thing like extrapolated into a full-fledged I mean from what I understand there was a lot of witnesses that came forward there were
1: a lot of witnesses there were a lot of witnesses and that thing was was communicating it it would talk let me tell you something funny you're gonna uh, this is I, I swear this happened but when I went up, and this has probably been two years ago. In fact, I, I wrote a little blog about it. You can find it on um, medium.com, L. Sidney Fisher. You can find my blog that I write about, my visit okay. to the Bell Witch uh, Cave, if anybody wants to go to, to read that. Uh, when I went up and I visited with a friend of mine, an old college friend, she and I drove up and we visited... Um, Marlene, it was so funny because I drove back. I just spent a weekend up in the Nashville area, and I drove back home. And um, according to the legends and everything, the witch most often appeared in the form of a rabbit. So it was really funny. My friend, Katie, she was saying, you know, I I don't feel real good about having been there. I'm scared Mm -hmm. because I think I've got dirt on my shoes. And I said, well, throw those shoes away. But anyway, so I got back to my hotel. got locked out of my hotel room. <laughs> and it, so just one thing after another, that kept happening. But when I got home, I drove into my driveway. And I swear to you, swear, when I pulled into my driveway, there were rabbits all in my yard. And you were like, what? Rabbits. <laughs> I'm going, leaving. Rabbits. And there I said, Oh my God, I'm freaking out. Yeah. So occasionally you might see a rabbit where I live, but you don't see a yard full of them. Exactly. And you you know, and right after me going to visit the Bell Witch you know, uh, area, that, that really freaks me out. So I pulled into my drive and there was this, there were little rabbits everywhere, medium sized rabbits. And they were running all over the yard. But there was this one big, it's the biggest rabbit I've ever seen. It was huge. And it was literally just sitting there as still as it could be. And I got out of my car and I thought, look at that rabbit. It's like it's just looking at me.
2: So I opened the garage. Any other day you would have been okay. except.
1: (laughs) Any other day it was a crazy thing. I stopped my car, opened the garage. Got out of my car. I walked up to this rabbit. I promise you, I was standing in front of this rabbit, and I started videoing. The rabbit never moved. Now, that's a wild rabbit. Why wouldn't it run off? Yeah,
2: usually they, that, they, 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 they run off right away.
1: They run off. This rabbit sat there just absolutely like still, staring at me in like a catatonic state. And I said, okay, this is too weird. So I laughed about this, but at the same time, if you don't think that wasn't on my mind all night, oh, and of I course that well, was.
2: <laughs> and it, maybe it was a most innocent thing, but yeah,
1: yeah. So, but thank goodness the the rabbits that they all dissipated; they went their own little merry way, and uh, I didn't have anything that I remember strange or whatever that happened uh, after that. But um, Sydney, what do you think good, about I, which
2: was really truthfully? Do you really think? that it was the ghost
0: of this we did it again verizon was just named america's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row proving once again that nobody builds networks like verizon builds networks that's why we're building 5g right that's why there's only one best network verizon Best Network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.
2: Lady, that was a witch, or do you think that it was something non-human which just came that was came out of that cave, you know, maybe? W- w- what's your feeling on what that really was? If
1: this if the books that have been written, by the living witnesses that mm-hmm. lived during that time. If their story, if they're telling the truth
3: right.
1: and that's <clears throat> you know, notice what I said. Mm-hmm. If they are telling the truth and and everything that I have read by living witnesses of this, that was a spirit that was not of human form, but that could take human form. Right. That's what I believe that it was a spirit and um, it, it did attack and it was, uh, you know, it even told them that supposedly the spirit even says, you know, I, but they lie. And the bad thing is, is the spirit would say things that was contradictory. Mm-hmm. So it just, um, it makes me believe that, it, you know, it could have been uh, the spirit of a human that lived before. There were people that felt like it was an old Indian spirit that had been, you know, a um, uh, disturbed, right? But but based on what, so much of what I've read and the living witnesses and the, what I've matched with that thing, it just um, it, it was bizarre. Now it could travel; it would travel from right. Tennessee. Yeah, that was
2: another thing. It wasn't it wasn't just one place. Like you know, you go to the haunted house that it went all over the place.
1: It went all over the place, but it was not omniscient, okay? So that's your other clue. It was not omniscient. God is omniscient,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: but it was not. But it would travel, and it could travel. Of course, you know, when you don't have a body, you're free. You can Mm -hmm. travel, you know, spiritually. It would travel from there. It would hear conversations that were miles and miles away. It would come back, and it would tell, you know, things that were being said in a house that was, you know, hundreds of miles away so it just makes me feel like and and the nature of it the nature of it makes me think that it maybe wasn't uh a human or if it was if it had been a human spirit it was awfully disgruntled and and it was it was some it was some kind of human spirit I mean it was it was a handful in other words it had to be a shop or something you know
2: what do, uh, why do you think that it and and I mean I've seen all these I've never researched it and, you know I mean yes I've read and you know and the, the stuff that's out there but why do you think they chose them I guess was it because the cave was close to them or did they do something or did that man do something what well was it? you know, put a, um, bullseye on a it lot
1: like of that. Well, a lot of times it looks four-week link, just like okay. what happened to to us when okay. we were out at, at the cemetery, um, you know, and there are, some people believe that poker guys happen in homes with teenage girls, and, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have all of these, um, and it gets complicated when you start thinking about that, this, when you start talking about energy and uh, emotions and hormones and all of these oh, different sure. types things and the things that we attract and sometimes uh if there are things going on in the home in in the environment uh that can attract negative energy so without knowing what was actually happening or what Betsy was you know they said that she was uh, had a a relationship with a a young man and uh the bell witch uh, did not want her to marry him or or whatever and um you know, the story has is, is, is got a lot of different threads in it. I mean, there's a lot to consider in that story and what actually caused it and what happened. Um, so it's very interesting, and you you will you can spend years researching just that haunting. Um, you know, I, I have gotten into some research lately on Tesla, Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the scientist who yes. was, uh, you, you know me very well. You know who I'm speaking of.
3: Right. And
1: um, it's it's very interesting, his uh, theories and stuff on, on energy and um, how he was able to make a light bulb actually using the magnetic fields of the earth right. to light a light bulb. And right. so I believe. I have there, asked,
2: wasn't there a big scandal that when he died, all his uh, paper, his works were yes. taken out of his room? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. About it makes thirty something. It? it does make you wonder. So it makes you wonder what did he know? But when you start yes. to look at some of his theories on energy and things like that, and you apply it to what we do with paranormal research, and the fact that we are all energy sources, and you know, uh, we gravitate that things gravitate toward us, and you know, people contact me, Marlene, all the time. Um, they'll send me a message and they'll say, I've got this going on. Can you please help me? Sometimes I, I do answer those and talk to them depending on how severe it is. Mm-hmm. But nine times out of 10, the reason that they are having some of the, the, the things that happen to them in their home, there's other underlying issues going on that are influencing the dark energy. Yes. And it is, it is magnetizing itself toward them. And sometimes I will, you know, when I've interviewed folks and I've talked to them and I've asked them questions and I tell them, you don't have to tell me. That's your personal business. But I'm going to ask you some questions. Don't answer unless you want to. But don't feel the need to answer. You answer these questions silently to yourself and then listen to what I'm going to tell you. And whenever I've talked to them, and they sit there and they're going, "Mm," you know, and this and that, they call me back later, Mm -hmm. and they say, you know what? When I did this or I did that, things got better. And I said, that's it. And so it really, it's we can we can really control sometimes how bad it gets if you're living in a haunted house. You've got to be the boss. And if oh, you're yes. living in a haunted house, yeah, There's A lot you're of living people in a haunted that are,
2: that, that, that they, they they don't stand their ground, in other words. They...
1: They're scared to death. They're scared to death. They're fearful, and it feeds off of the fear. Yes. But you have to be the boss, and you have to, I mean, you're the one that's living. You're, you're here. They're not. Yes. But you have to be um, the boss and, and that kind of thing and take control in certain situations, and things will improve there's certain things that they have to do in order to make that happen and um you know with with the bales poor betsy Bell, and and all that stuff and i don't even remember reading well maybe they did try to uh exercise this thing but it was very strong very strong I, I, from
2: what i understand at one point they had clergy and a bunch of people that would show up thinking they were going to chase it away that it was not real and None of that worked. It kind of like.
1: None of it worked. everybody
2: and, that came in that wanted to yep. witness it.
1: Yep. And that's what will scare you about mm-hmm. researching that story. It's yes. because if, if it is true and this, mm-hmm. this is why that I, sometimes I get into researching that story and I'm so intrigued by it. And then sometimes I'll, you know, I'll feel the need to step back because yes. if, if these, If these stories are true and and everything is is exactly as these people have said, the witnesses to this, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something that is beyond our power. And it's not something that you want to accidentally. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. You don't want to resurrect. You don't want to resurrect any of that energy or get it into your own mind or or whatever. And so it's... uh, it can be it can be quite quite overwhelming for sure
2: have you heard if the family that's there that that like you said that allows the tours into the cave have they ever had any experiences or repercussions they
1: have they have had experiences and they'll tell you that they will tell you some things they it's a really neat little place um I don't know, uh, you know, I know during COVID last year that some things were shut down. I don't yeah. know what it's like for them now, but I do think that they're reopened for people to stop by. It's way out in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rural Tennessee, um, but like I said, it's beautiful scenery. If you're just in that area uh, and you're on your way to Kentucky and you're passing through Adams, you want to stop and see it. Um it's it's really interesting, and if you've read anything about the legend, you know, if yes. it, it's um, it would mean something, of course, for me and you because we've studied the legend and stuff. But there are mm-hmm. people who stop and they've never even heard of the bellwitch Witch haunting because maybe ghost hunting or ghost investigating is not their thing. But right. um, but they're always intrigued. It, it's they're yeah. very very intrigued, and they have an old log cabin that is very uh, that's a replica. Of the cabin that they lived in, mm-hmm. and uh, you can yeah, and you can you can see that and that kind of thing. So it, it's pretty neat.
2: In other words, you, let me ask you. When it makes you wonder, because personally, I, I feel the same way you do. When you read these stories about the bell, which kind of scares you, because I mean, this thing could do whatever it wanted to anybody. It, it could. And I'm thinking it I could do whatever this, it wanted. Yeah. If this family ever has like any like, it's like, do you really want to be? I mean, and, and, and I have my own theory. Every time I see a story where the supernatural agent comes out of a cave, the cellar, the underground, the it's dark. I don't know what it is with uh, paranormal entities, human or inhuman, whatever, that originate in either the basement, the cellar, the cave, the mine. It's always bad always and there's something about i don't know if it's the energies of the earth or if it's just something where if you want to say it's an elemental i don't know what it is but whenever something started out like that i was like oh my god no this is gonna be bad i could tell and that's how i feel about the story with with the bell witch i i would be like i would like seal up the cave (laughs) let's seal that up let's just or pretend it doesn't exist because it's like Something like that. We're talking a non-human entity. Something that's timeless. In other words, this is not like um, how would you say if you know a human entity uh, that the hope that eventually it'll pass over and go to where it's supposed to, and the haunting. Oh yeah. And here's the
1: thing. Well, you know that the Red River. There is a river that flows right there along the the land where they lived. Okay. So there's that, there's that theory, you know, that anywhere where uh, water is, moving water is a conductor of spiritual activity and that yes. kind of thing, it, yes. creates, it creates electrical current. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there is the river right by the cave. Um, and the that. cave is what is, yeah, the cave, it, it's so pretty though. The day that we were there, there were people kayaking on the river, and I was thinking, man, I wish I could go kayaking. But but anyway, um, it it, it takes you really deep into the cave. So you you definitely... don't pick up any rocks to take with you. Oh, it's got one of those things
2: going on like that. Oh, I've heard of things like that. Oh, don't you don't do anything. that
1: because there have, there have been letters written from people saying, uh, you know, they've mailed back the rocks they took from the cave, saying that it cursed them, they had bad luck. Uh, there's people that will even buy a pair of shoes, especially for the trip, and throw the shoes away. They don't even want to take them. Home. They don't want the soul of the, the on their feet.
2: Look. That's pretty yep. bad. When you don't even want the dirt of the place. Yep. Mm-hmm. That well, see, I, that, that, I, that right there is like that tells you there's there's something there I think still there.
1: Yeah, it, it's strong. There there is definitely a vibe. There is definitely a vibe there. Yeah.
2: And just like you said maybe it's a seasonal or cyclical thing where sometimes it's dormant and then other times it come becomes more you know apparent who knows or uh but yeah i i I don't think that maybe back then i mean god it could be so many things maybe the this girl she was the agent and she left she went off and far far away and uh who knows really what the origins is but something like that i don't think it's like totally like what was it that you said exercised or left or no i yeah that that's uh it's it's intriguing like what you said to go there but at the same time i'd be like wow i gotta i gotta be on my i gotta be really with my eyes wide open with this and all what for anybody that's done paranormal investigations you have to have go in there with shields up i mean talk about suit up (laughs) <laughs> that'd be one of those places where you go in there uh on a psychic level to be very well protected yeah definitely okay
1: absolutely
2: and uh so the when when is uh this book that you're working on Sydney when is that gonna is it gonna be coming out at all in 2021 or no
1: Twenty. No, it will not be coming out in 2021. It will be finished in 2021. But now I do have a project that I am working on, hopefully for publication in late fall, mm-hmm. uh, a new book uh, based on uh, true events. And um, hopefully that will come out. That's a ghost story. It'll be another ghost story. Right. Uh, there was a, a lady that actually levitated in her home. So this was... Uh, it, it, the, the house was built uh, in an area where it was an old confederate campground and okay. we believe that there were some bodies that were buried there um, Cannot have not been successful in finding out who the ghost might be mm-hmm. um, but based on the history of the area i mean it could be any number of them mm-hmm. um, there were some some men who were hung uh, in trees around that area for stealing horses uh, back in the eighteen mm-hmm. And so um we're thinking that could be possibly what it is, but this this was a classic haunted house with um all of the, the frills that come with a haunted house and it was absolutely terrifying. The family lived there for about five years and um that it long, mainly they were able to take it for five <laughs> They did live there for five, five years, and here's the thing about haunted houses and people living in haunted houses. Look, you know your ghost is not um, that predictable. Now, some people may say, "Oh, my ghost is predictable." Well, then you you probably got a a rapport going with yeah. that ghost. Then, mm-hmm. if you kind of you, you're used to them, you know what they're going to do, and that kind of thing. Most hauntings, most ghosts are not predictable. Look. One family could move into a dwelling and could never have an experience.
2: You're right. You're never. You're absolutely right.
1: Another family could move into that place and could immediately start to have paranormal experiences because they are sensitive to it mm-hmm. and they pick up on it. And they're like a conductor. They're like a, a yeah. magnetized or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's just I've always said that hauntings sometimes are unpredictable. You may not, you may have things that, over those five years that that family was in that home, it wasn't every, eight months might go by. It wasn't every day that something happened. But usually at night, uh, when the lights went off and and the lady went to bed, um, the, the stomping in the attic would start. And that was the most annoying thing, was the stomping in the attic, the occasional seeing an orb fly through the hallway you know that happened one time um pulling her shirt uh while she's standing in the hallway and literally like someone coming up behind you and pulling your jerking your shirt to get your attention that happened one time so it wasn't all the time how old was the house
2: how old was it how long had it been had it been standing there
1: in uh in, in with, which term in the hallway?
2: Well, no, no. I'm saying the house was built how long ago? How old was that house? Did it? Have... Oh, the
1: house was actually built in the 1960s, around 1965. Oh, okay. okay. But the land that the house is on, of oh, course, it's been there forever. I see mm-hmm. what right. you
2: mean. Okay, so yeah, because in, in a, and it's funny because we always want to think of haunted houses being old. But the 1960s, you yeah. think, no, it's. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. The land, even though then a lot, of, you know, time goes by. The 60s, we're talking uh, about 50 to 60 years. A lot can happen under the roof of a house.
1: A um, lot of, A lot can happen. And, you know, I tell people when they say, oh, no, I moved into a brand new house, so I don't understand this. Hmm. You know, if they're having experiences and stuff, I tell them, look, go to the courthouse and, and research your land wow. records. They, most courthouses in the United States. Have records that date back at least to the mid 1800s. Yes, take your take your land deed and and get your description and go back and see what you can find out. You can see maybe what was what the land was used for. There are whole subdivisions here in this area that are built on top of graveyards. Yes. So you know that's that's not uncommon. That 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 happens. And um, so you know. It, but you can find out things and you can, start, it's like a mystery.
3: right? Well, you know, the, you want
1: to find realize it. realize
2: that in a lot of these rural areas, they didn't, sometimes markers were just made of wood, especially if it was a small area. Oh, yeah. Time would pass, yeah. families moved away or died themselves. And all of a sudden everybody forgets that at one point that there were people buried out there.
1: I, I, I know. And so, you know, you just sit there and you, you think uh, it, 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 the haunting, the, the fun thing about hauntings, is that it's a mystery yes. and I love mysteries you know you read in the very beginning when you were talking about uh, I was inspired by Agatha Christie gosh I remember yes. as young as soon as I could hold a book I, I loved Agatha Christie but I could never solve I always tried to solve it before and she never could solve her her uh book the, the murder mystery but uh but anyhow it's it's when you find out the history of the area, you can find out kind of what's going on. And then you can decide whether or not you're gonna address it or are you just gonna live with that ghost. And you right. know what? I have I have people I have known people who absolutely do not want their ghost disturbed and they <laughs> love having a ghost they love Isn't having that a ghost funny
2: you life. think who and no, I, I I know I've come across people like that. After a while, they, they, they kind of like, um, I don't want to say ownership, but they kind of learn to live with it, especially if it's not malevolent. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, even if it's not the and prior they owners, think- they just feel like it's part of the family now.
1: Yep. And if they feel like that they know who it is. Yes. You know, so they're amused. It's amusing to them uh-huh. to live with the ghost. Sometimes it can be amusing. It depends on what kind of ghost that you have. Like you said, you don't want to, if you've got one that is a, uh, you know, it it really just depends. You don't want to, uh, like you said, you don't want a bad one. But you know
2: what? I've Uh, heard sometimes people have had, especially like what you said, they've lived in a house for several years and the haunting for a few years at the beginning is kind of like innocent. When I say innocent, it's like, you know, some steps, some knockings uh and then you know but that's it and they're like oh okay and then oh, for some reason something happens that it starts becoming very dark and uh, you know then you then the family starts seeing actually full body uh apparitions and they can't understand why for so many years it was very simple and like you said sometimes yeah. periods of time would go by and nothing would happen and then all of a sudden it gets dark and i say well at the end of the day, if you think about it, you're talking about a human soul that's trapped in between one plane and the other. And maybe it got tired of seeing people live out their lives and they, yeah. they're yeah they frustrated. It happens, but yeah, I've heard of that. People that at the beginning, they were okay with it and then it turns out they're not anymore.
1: And sometimes in situations where uh, you have activity that becomes volatile, yes. Um you will have if you get to the root of some things, and you ask the right questions. They might not. They might not want you to know, but there may be other things going on within that family yes, that yes. are that are that are bad, that are negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, there was there was a situation uh, where a, a lady was just being terrorized by a dark entity that kept appearing in her hallway. Mm-hmm. And that, this thing was wearing a dark hat. Uh, uh, but was wearing a hat, and, and it drove her crazy, and she was so upset, and she was such a sweet soul. But she finally uh, confided to me that her son had come to live there, and the son had some really had a dark past, and he had some dark issues that he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He brought that right into her home.
2: Yeah, there you go.
1: He brought that right into her home, and when he got himself straightened out, Mm -hmm. and he left, guess what? She never saw the dark. She never saw it again.
2: Oh, when he left, it stopped?
1: Oh, yeah. So he brought that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so in other words, it didn't stay
2: behind. It went with him.
1: Oh, yeah, but he he was attracting that, and he brought that into the home. He came in, and and she mentioned, I said... Is your, you know, are you fussing and fighting? I said, you don't have to tell me your background, but is there a lot of fussing and fighting and, and uh, raising voices and just, uh, or do you have a peaceful, quiet home and uh, there's happiness and you feel good and, and that kind of thing? No, it's just been terrible and blah, 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 and I'm seeing this, this, that, and the other. And I said, there you are. There you are. So sure enough, when things calmed down, mm-hmm. and when he got the, the son got his wife uh, back on track, right. and and things kind of got better, they never saw the man with the dark hat and coat anymore in the hallway. He never showed up anymore. The dark shadow, he, he was gone. he was
2: like what they call a hat man kind
1: of thing, or yes, he was Ooh. visiting her. He was visiting her daily, and she says that terrorizing me this poor little old lady would just cry and it was just so sad it was so sad she said I've seen him I've seen him and uh this that and the other and so I you know but everything's fine with that family now and and that's good and happy and yeah and everything's peaceful but they they had a dark time in their life and sometimes Uh, That energy is attracted that way. Now not all the time. Sometimes we walk into situations just completely innocent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you may you may walk into something that was already infested with dark energy and it's no fault of your own and Then you have to try to get rid of it. So, you know, there's always different scenarios
2: Yeah, there's sometimes a lot of residual energy. I I told people you know like when you move into a new house even if it looks all nicely painted fresh I go, you still need to sage it. I said, you don't know. What if, uh, and I've had, I've I've come across this, you know, let's say a certain room was being used as a sick room, you know, somebody that was ill. You know, it's not haunted in the traditional sense of a haunting, but I've heard of people then using that room who start feeling sick and they can't understand why. They basically start manifesting the symptoms, if not the actual symptoms, the feelings of, whoever was using that room as a sick room. And by this, I mean, sometimes, you know, how people sometimes are weeks, months, even years bedridden, or they use that room and maybe their health declined a lot. And that's why I tell people when you move into a place, I don't care how nice and pretty and clean it looks. You need to sage it down because sometimes you have. Oh
1: yeah. Cause you leave energy behind. They leave yes. their energy behind. It's just, yes, gosh, course. and you can feel it. Yeah.
2: Yes, or or and I'm sure you've heard of it of people that their family's great. They move into a place, and before you know it, they're at each other's throats, and they're constantly fighting, and they can't figure it out. And then somebody says, "When when did this all happen?" Well, it was after we moved here. You know, you don't ever know. Maybe yeah. the prior occupants, you know, were having you know,
1: yeah, you know, yeah. really, uh,
2: yeah. you know, come, you know, quarrels and arguments and yeah. But in other words. The hauntings aren't always necessarily the haunting of like a ghost. They're, you could get haunted just by what happened there, uh, especially extreme emotions. Sure, sure, people don't don't realize. That. I, I knew a family
1: that moved. I knew a family that moved into a new home, and that exact thing started happening between the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lived here in my hometown, and they had moved into a, a really nice, pretty home. And he said that within months, he said it was, it was just horrible. He said, my wife and I were at each other's throats. And he mm. said, I'm not talking about just a disagreement. Right. He said, these, these became just the most horrible fights ever, things that we weren't even used to that we had never done before. And he right. said, finally, he said, I asked the, uh, the owner of the house, they were renting the house at the time, if the house, you know, what uh, if the, what kind of history it had or whatever. And he says, well, um, there was a murder in the master bedroom. There you go. And he said, what? He said, "Why? how could you rent us a home and not tell us that that happened? And he said, well, I didn't think it was important. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Plus, I it, need to make some
1: money. You know, and he says, well, that, that would be important to me and my wife. We're yeah. sleeping in the room where the husband hacked the wife up. And yeah. so it wasn't long after that that they moved out, and everything's fine. Yeah. But that, that's that's a true story. I know. I yeah. that I know a couple. Know a couple that that happened to, and um, he said after they moved out of there, he said their relationship just seemed to things got better. He said it was the strangest thing. They were only there about eight months in that right.
2: right. Yeah. But yeah, that people don't realize that stuff like that. Those extreme emotions—they impregnate like the the fabric of the place, in other words. And you, yeah, you know, you don't even have to be a sensitive. You don't have to be a psychic if you're there living there. Um, you you start getting affected by it. You know,
1: isn't that something?
2: You. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's,
1: it's so scary. It's So well, scary.
2: Yeah, because you know you really don't know when you go into some places. And even then, like you said, even brand new places sometimes. What happened on the land also, you you know, later on, even though you got a brand new place, uh, st- stuff starts starts happening and you're like, where did this come from? And it's like, well, maybe there was a prior building there. Uh, yeah. It could be a, a number of things, but again, you know, you need to do your research. And sometimes the truth is that everything is gonna be documented also. So I'm sure you found that. A lot of times things happen especially dark things nobody was there to document it it's, they made sure in other words that nobody would document it
1: yeah yeah, uh, yeah. in
2: other words you're never going to have that concrete evidence of oh i found this in the historical records or I found this in a newspaper but that doesn't mean it didn't happen um especially I, I like i said especially if it was something dark or criminal or god knows uh Mm -hmm. you know when people when you were gonna if somebody was gonna do something uh evil well i'm gonna use that word you kept it under wraps most (laughs) times out of ten whether it was systemically something that was happening all the time or you did something like kill somebody and bury them there you know uh you're never gonna find evidence of it and and the reason why i bring that up is because especially a lot of times the paranormal Everybody wants that proof. And I understand why. Yeah, hard proof is great. But some haunting. sometimes the source, you're never, ever able going to say, hey, I found out that at this place, somebody got uh, killed or this took place or there was a fire and people, you know, five people died. Sometimes you're never going to find it. And especially if it was one of those older, little older newspapers that's now defunct. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's always, that's why the paranormal, I personally, I think is so interesting.
1: Because... Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it, I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> of course. Well, anyway, so in my whole, my whole life, it's like, you know, I tell people, you're not born believing in the paranormal. No. And I, and I still say that. I think that it's a transformational experience that once you have that experience, of course, it changes your perspective. On everything
3: can yes, you
1: either spend the rest of your life trying to find out more about it and why did that happen to me or you may be like some skeptics and just say I just don't that was strange that was weird but I don't want to go there yeah. so it really just depends on the individual and whether or not um, how they process it and all but definitely I've never met a skeptic who was not a believer after course. a paranormal account <laughs> sometimes i think they're more of
2: a believer to begin with it they want to admit to it you know the, right you know the hard hardcore skeptics i think sometimes hide the heart of a believer but it's like i don't want to go there <laughs> right.
1: Um, right because
2: that could that's like the pandora's box so what else uh, that and i tell people you know some people want their their the, their world to be very rigid like their belief systems like don't take me out of here because god knows that's what else is out there? <laughs>
1: you know, so. I know it. Isn't that funny? Um, it's that, that that's funny. Sometimes when I when I meet folks like that, and I just think, um, Gosh, I'm i have always been such a seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always seeking answers: the why, and the how, and and the what. And so, um, yeah, that's a foreign concept to me because I guess I've always just been curious oh, no, a but lot of you know out there that, like, that
2: curiosity is like it's like nah they're not this like yeah don't don't you know what don't uh don't open up my horizons too much we <laughs> can't
1: yeah, take it Just like just like the beginning when we were saying started a really really little for me you know it, it, it's kind of like I just feel like, this. well, this is what I'm supposed to be. I mean, this is who I am.
2: Yeah, it is. It's something that you're uh, born with, you know, that uh, ah, it's like uh, that that, that investigative uh, part that's, okay, who knows what I might come up with, but it's the, the wondering what you might come up with that's the exciting part.
1: Right. Well, I have certainly enjoyed oh, it's our been talk, great Sydney.
2: Our... It has been fantastic. I have loved speaking with you, and and uh, just for my podcast listeners, even though I will have a link to your website on the credits of the show. But if you want to give out, what is the website for your for where people it can is, go to get um, information?
1: Sure, it's lsydneyfisher dot com, and okay. of course they can go to Amazon com and search mm-hmm. on L Sidney Fisher, and you can bring up that page with some books. Okay. And uh, just hang in there guys. I'm gonna get some uh new material out and uh I'm on Facebook if so you can okay. follow me there if you want and okay. uh Twitter, um, Instagram. But uh, I love talking about this stuff because yes. it's just it's so fascinating. Yes. That's what and, you
2: know uh, what? I, and even though you told me Oh, you know what? You know, even though I do the factuals, part of my stories are fictional. You never know; it might not be fictional. Maybe you're channeling some sort of maybe I'm muse. channeling.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, that could be another story, Marlene. Thank yes. you. <laughs> you're yeah, channeling I be, unconsciously. I, <laughs> I know. I may be calling you. Maybe my new muse whispering yeah. on my shoulder. Yeah.
2: So that fictional character might not be as fictional as you think.
1: That's so cool. <laughs>
2: Again, Sydney. thank you so much. You have been wonderful. And I look forward to talking to you again and keeping up with uh, all your new projects.
1: Yes, yes, I certainly will. Thank you so much, and Have a good night.
2: You too, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, she's great. She's absolutely fantastic. Wow. It's true. I hadn't spoken to Sydney. God, I want to say it's almost three years, like three years, two years. It's just that between one thing and the next time slips by. That's the thing that happens when you're an adult. Time goes very quickly. When you're a kid and somebody tells you a year, you're like a year, a year. That's so long. And then you grow up and you, a year is nothing. Yeah. A year is nothing. Um, but anyway, she's, she's, looks like she's got great projects uh in the works and uh again you know you you heard what her website is com, or you can go to her author's page on amazon um i imagine maybe they might even have uh her books on pre-order once they're available for pre-order uh even though from what she's saying you know she's working on it during 2021 and then uh and she even has a blog. She mentioned she has a blog on her website. You can visit that. Plus she's got a lot of books out there, which uh, she's the number one Amazon uh, best-selling author. And uh, like she says, her her books, they're fictional, but not really fictional. She does a lot of research, which personally, I love stories like that. I love where even if it's um, maybe certain characters didn't exist, but it, they're based on fact. And uh, I love that. I, I think that's so interesting. Because it's almost like um, when she mentioned that story of the Mothman, you know, the, the character played by Richard Gere, which is this um, skeptical reporter uh, who goes out there, which of course uh, they throw in the, the, the mix that he lost his wife. He's going out there not expecting at all to have these experiences. And before you know it, he's dragged into it because he realizes there's more to than this just what, what's going on and um you know there's always that element but then again that story was based on real occurrences the, you know the the bridge collapse and i'm sure a lot of you have seen that there's a, a lot of uh, uh documentaries and programs that you know have run down some of the people that were young that were alive that it had experiences prior to the bridge collapse uh i think it was it was it point pleasant um of the sighting of mothman that that's how they developed into the aspect that it was a harbinger uh of what was to come whether you know and a lot of people sometimes especially with a mothman is it is it a harbinger but it doesn't cause it in other words it's um, almost letting witnesses know something tragic will happen. And then you've got other people that say, well, is the appearance of the mothman, what causes the disaster to happen? You know, what, what, what role does that, uh, a mothman type of entity, um, matter of fact, the, recently I was writing a, uh, an article for my blog and it's called the stories of the specter moose. And the, what it is is uh, around the 1895 up in Maine, a lot of people would go moose hunting. And there was a story that came up about, as a matter of fact, these these appear in the newspaper. This wasn't just like uh, people talking about it, about a huge moose that had a dirty gray coat, but it was huge. The antlers spread everything. And it developed uh, this reputation that people would see it and then it would be gone for years and it, it developed this reputation like a specter moose and um i didn't see that much of a, of a harbinger of death however out of like in the 1930s in alaska they had similar sightings again of what they call a specter moose which is that grayish coat whitish grayish coat and uh over there the the, the aborigines the the people that were natives to that part of Alaska they saw it whatever you they saw there was a sighting of that moose sometimes it was good things but sometimes it was bad thing like one time they saw it and this was right before they discovered gold in the Klondike and then later on it was seen and it was uh I can't remember what year exactly it was that there was a huge outbreak of the Spanish influenza which decimated uh, many of the people uh, that live in that area as far as the uh, the natives that live there In other words, it, it became like a harbinger of something momentous gonna happen But more times than not it was on the bad side. So uh, Yeah, there's many versions of what is a mothman per se as far as whether it's a harbinger of things to come Interesting stuff uh, Anyway, let me see if I can find somebody to bring on the show that we could talk more about that. Because I think it's fascinating. Uh, Because this this goes back to ancient times. Sightings of certain things, animals, or what they call omens, uh, were sometimes, uh, you know. And of course, a lot of times they're recalled after the fact. Hey, before this happened, did you, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Um, Let's see, because I think that's a really interesting subject as far as the paranormal. How much of it later on is actually tied into actual events where certain things were seen beforehand so anyway guys thank you for being part of my audience you're all wonderful thank you for spending this time with me and hopefully later days you will actually see some type of decoration and i know some of you who cares about decorations i do i love decorating you know especially with all my goofy stuff that i have for paranormal stuff but it's a work in progress believe me yeah like I was telling Sydney before we started rolling, and I'm gonna say it again: anybody talks to me about moving, I'm gonna punch it in the mouth. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm gun shy. I've been traumatized by the moving thing. It's like never again. Just like, but no, no plans whatsoever. So we will see each other again next week, guys. Take care again, and I love having you guys as my audience. Bye bye.
0: We did it again.